welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Today, we begin with a story. I need to tell you the story of a doctor named Ignaz Semmelweis. I will give you an abbreviated version, but you might want to check this story out later. It's extremely interesting. He was a doctor in Europe in the 1840s. He oversaw a hospital in that area that delivered babies and did a variety of other medical treatments. But unfortunately, they had a mortality rate for expectant mothers of 10%. That was high. Even in those days, that was way off the charts high. In fact, there was a hospital right across the street that had only a 4% mortality rate. But the fact that two and a half times as many mothers died in his hospital as died across the street was something that tormented Dr. Semmelweis month after month. What was interesting is that his hospital was filled with doctors, educated men, talented people. Now, the other hospital had talented people as well, but very few doctors. In fact, it was run almost exclusively by nurses. This baffled he and all of the doctors, and so he started studying what they were doing. He began to match up as many things as possible from their hospital in his. He matched up everything, sheets and bedding, room decor, pictures on the wall. At one point, he made sure that the same clergy or priests that were in one hospital were visiting the other, and nothing made a difference. So desperate was the situation at one point that women who were scheduled to deliver there were delivering their children in the streets and going home and then leaving the children there to be cared for. And look, this went on for just way too long. Until one day, Dr. Ignaz Semmelweis considered just possibly that he might be the problem. It's like I can see him sitting there, frustrated, having looked in every possible direction to identify what was going wrong. And then one day, he lifts his hands and looks at them, front side and back, and finally asks the most important question of all, is it me? It turns out he theorized that it was, and he was correct. You see, back then in the 1840s, they didn't know a whole lot about these things that we now commonly call germs. So the doctors in that hospital were doing autopsies and handling cadavers, not washing their hands, and then delivering babies. The doctors, the smartest people in the room, were killing these women. Now, across the street in the nurse's hospital, no autopsies, no cadavers, no germs. So he decided to wash his hands. Doesn't sound like a very big deal, but it was. He made sure that he and all of his staff began to wash their hands with a special compound that he had placed together. And just like that, almost overnight, the mortality rate dropped 
equal to or even better than the hospital across the street. In fact, there were reports of the mortality rate dropping to 1%. Think about how many lives he saved. What must it have felt like to realize that the power to save all of these women was within, literally, his own hands? Let's talk a little bit about that. I am not going to suggest today that whatever's going wrong in your life is all your fault. No more so than everything that happened in that hospital and all of the deaths involved were the fault of a doctor not washing his hands. What I am here to tell you is that you can go a really long time blaming other people, expecting other people to change, pinning the problems on them, or likewise, you can blame the situation. It's just what's going on around me. And then you may even accept it, that this is a problem and it can't be fixed. I might ask you, well, why can't it be fixed? Why can't this marriage get better? Why can't this relationship you have with your neighbor be repaired? Why can't you be more involved and exhilarated in your local church? Why can't you find a way to make progress with that person at work that seems to be an adversary? And look, many people can blame the situation or the other person and then say that it cannot be changed, but very few people have the humility and the wisdom to ask themselves one simple question. Is it me? Am I the principal variable for what's happening in my home? Am I what's going on at the church that's disallowing us to grow? Is it my attitude at work that's keeping that adversarial spirit alive? Now, again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying it's all your fault. There's usually plenty of blame to go around. But the question is, am I a factor? Have I been so busy identifying other people's influence in this and the situation itself that I have failed to realize that I probably should have started by washing my own hands? It reminds me a little bit of the parable that Jesus told when he talked about not judging others unfairly. He wants you to be able to judge others, but you must first take what? The log out of your own eye before you can clearly see and help remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Okay, I need to ask you a question here, and the way you answer this question will determine how your self-awareness, excel still more, get better journey is going. Are you ready? When there is a problem in your life, do you hope that it's you? Do you hope that you are the problem? Now, you might say, um, who would do that? No, I don't do that. I assume that someone else is the problem. Well, that's, that's not the Excel Still More journey, is it? People who are getting better and pressing forward and changing their lives take ownership of what they can do to make it better. And the worst news I could be given is that I am not a factor in what is happening. I can't change anything to change what is happening. 
So if you're someone who says, no, I don't believe it's me, and I certainly don't want it to be me, then I think you should reevaluate that and really think it through. I mean, you really hope that your spouse is 100% of the problem? Maybe it'll make you feel better if they are, but what are you going to do to make that relationship better? Sounds like there may be nothing you can do. That's the last thing that I want to hear, is that I cannot affect a better outcome. So I have to tell you, if Summer and I are having an argument, now I pretty much always assume that I've done something wrong just because of history and reality. Although maybe every once in a while it's a little more her fault. But when something goes wrong, I instinctively and privately ask the question, is it me? Did I approach this incorrectly? Now look, it's really easy to take the other position. Is it her? Oh yeah, it's definitely her because she said this or did that or set this up or forgot about that. I don't do that. Even if I believe it might be true, it doesn't do me any good to begin figuring this thing out with default negativity toward the other person. Instead, I start with a little self-governing. Is it me? Could I have done something different? And I am hoping that the answer is yes. Why do I want it to be that way? Because it means that I can change it. If I am affecting the outcome because of neglect on my part, and I'm aware of that, and I'm genuinely able to assess that inwardly, I can make the situation better. Maybe I'm just being a little type A here, which I kind of am. I want to be in control of things. Even when something's going wrong, I want to be the guy driving the bus. Because at least I have the power to stop doing what I'm doing and do something else. This has really helped me in the work of preaching and association with leadership like elderships at church and members. In my younger years of preaching, when I made most of the mistakes that got made, it was very easy for me to pick out the mistakes that the leadership had made, the mistakes that some of the members were making. I was making a lot of them, but I instinctively protected myself against guilt and assigned blame. Hey, I wonder where that got me. Not very far, because two things happened. I did not get better. I did not assess my weaknesses and see if I could change the entire thing by changing me. And secondly, I just kept pointing my finger at them, waiting on them to do something different, and that didn't work out well at all. I gotta tell you, I think, and I mean this with grand humility here, I think I'm a little bit smarter than I was 20 years ago when I started preaching, half my life ago. I probably get a few more things right, but I don't look at things anywhere near the same way. If there's an issue between me and a member of the church, my first question is, is it me? I know at least some part of it is me. I think I'll address that first. And usually that's a significant enough contribution to what has happened to change the game. If the eldership and I are having a communication breakdown, what did I do? What could I have done differently? And just by the humility of that, and addressing it from that angle, it triggers compassion in them and support. Now, we have to move on to another section of this. What if 
you ask the question, is it me? And you come away with, no, my hands are perfectly clean. I'm sanitized. It's not me. Whatever's happening in this hospital, I'm not the one doing it. What happens if you come away with that in your marriage? If you say, Chris, I tried. I sat there and self-evaluated for an hour, and I'm just going to tell you, it's 100% them. Maybe you feel that way about your parents. Maybe you feel that way about a neighbor or an enemy, if we could use that term. Here are a couple of things I would say about that. I have never in my life experienced that. Maybe there have been cases where I could say this is 99.9% that person's fault. But I can always find something where it is me. Something. Maybe it's the way I responded. Maybe it's my tone. Maybe it's my body language. You know, as Christians, we sometimes say, well, I'm telling you the truth, so I'm 100% right. Hey, you can tell the 100% truth but do it with poor body language or tone or heart, and it's not 100% well done. So I'm going to encourage you, even in seemingly desperate situations, to find at least something that is you and just work on that. I really think you'll be amazed at the attitude with which you approach things and the results. So as we get to the end of our episode, I need to tell you something about Dr. Semmelweis and the end of his story. But first, there's something so crucial you need to know about today's instruction. In the end, this journey has to be about you and God. This is about you getting better. If I assess what I am willing to do, based on how much of the blame is mine versus someone else's, that's a good way to do nothing. Because if they're 51% at fault, then I don't have to do anything. This is not about the other person. It's not about your mate, your coworker, your brother or sister in Christ. It's about you identifying your part in this, and you excel, and you grow, and you make a difference. And that's exactly what it'll do. So putting this all together, maybe think of it in this way. If there is any kind of conflict, any sort of trouble, number one, check yourself first. Ask the question, is it me? Number two, identify something. There is always something. Number three, do something about that. Whatever you found where you need to wash your hands just a little bit better, You do something about that. And lastly, number four, do it because it's right. Because it's a part of your development, not because the other person deserves it. Well, speaking of the other person, things didn't go so great for Ignaz Semmelweis. He was very excited that his change had saved lives. So he made it his life's mission to go around telling doctors everywhere that they needed to wash their hands, that they were the primary culprits for the very problems they were trying to solve. Unfortunately, not all of those doctors had the same outlook as Ignez. They would not ask themselves that same question, and instead, they rejected him. In fact, they had him committed to a mental institution. Though some of his own erratic behavior contributed to that, 
He was relegated there without honor, and he actually died there. He wasn't honored for his contribution to save human beings until decades later after his death when they finally understood the concept of germs. I can't help but think that a lot of people died in that period of time. When one doctor self-evaluated and made a change, was condemned by others who would not do so. Let me tell you, that is the most frustrating thing about this. While you're going around asking the fateful question, is it me, finding your part, doing something about it because it's right, you will find yourself wishing that someone else would do it too. Why won't my mate ask themselves that question? Well, think of it this way. They could have you committed to a mental hospital. Maybe if that doesn't happen, you're a little bit ahead of the game. But you know what I mean. It's a little frustrating. But you know, the Bible talks over and over again about our example. The shadow we cast. The light we reflect. Your best chance at getting other people to become self-aware is for you to become self-aware. It's a great thing, actually. Not everybody's like those other doctors. They see you making changes, and sometimes it motivates them to do the same. Isn't that an awesome thing? You said, is it me, and did something about it, and now they're saying, is it me? I'm going to tell you right now, although you already know this, whatever the conflict is, walking around pointing your finger saying, it is you, it may make you feel better in the moment, but it's just not going to bear the right kind of results. So continue to invest yourself in strong relationships and take pride in all of the things that you do that are right. But whenever there's a problem, don't forget to take a moment and ask this question. Is it me? Thank you so much for listening today. We encourage you to check out the website, excelstillmore.life, where you can subscribe to emails, order the three-month journal, or check out past episodes. As always, please consider sharing this with people in your life who you think we can help. And whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.